Hey everybody, this is producer Brian, and before we get this week's episode started, we just wanted to say that World Password Day is Thursday, May 5th this year, but in reality, every day is Password Day. Go! Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Ask Anything presented by Mosier Consulting. I'm your host, Angel Leon, Mosier's Director of Personnel. We're glad you're with us for Episode 9 of Ask Anything, and with us today is one of Mosier's technology leaders to talk about passwords. Why are passwords so important? What makes a good password? What is password hygiene? Yes, password hygiene. You got that right. All of that and much more will be discussed with Alexander Johnson, who is my guest today on Ask Anything. Alexander is a technology leader within the Emerging Solutions Department on our Business Services Division with a combined 12 years of enterprise and global technology experience. Alexander's experience has had a focus on governance, risk and compliance, information assurance and cybersecurity. Outside of work, he considers himself a jack of all trades that enjoys all things from architecture, travel, sports, music, animals, etc. He is also a big foodie that believes that one of the best ways to experience life is through our taste buds. Alexander is married, has a Bengal cat and a red-nosed pit bull who they love very much and consider them their children. Alexander, it's great to have you with us and ask anything. But before we move on, I want to do a quick shout out to one of our previous episodes, the Spam, Scams, and Sabotage, Tales of Adventures from the IT Help Desk. For more information and an informative discussion about computer security, but with that being said, Alexander, thank you again for joining us on Ask You Anything. How are you? Doing good. Good to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here because password security and any type of security right now during these days is, I think, all the rage. But let's start, as we always like to do here on Ask You Anything, with the simple stuff. What makes a good password? So what makes a, a good password is a combination of password length and complexity. So complexity being a mixture of uppercase and lowercase letters, special characters and numbers. The password should not be predictable or easy to guess. You brought up a lot of interesting points there about password, you know, what makes a good password, all the different characters and symbols that we could use. I want to ask you about something that I find very interesting because a lot of people use the same password for everything. And that is your personal stuff. That means your banking, right? Your Facebook profile, you know, to name a few places. But then they also use it to log into their computer at work, uh, which may or may not be the right thing to do. So why is it important for people to use different passwords at both, you know, the home stuff and work? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So one of the primary reasons... Oftentimes when people are at home, uh, they have many accounts and the nature of having many accounts is you might not practice the same level of caution or potentially the same level of complexity or good practices that you might otherwise utilize while at work. And so the last thing that you would want is for your Facebook or your Netflix or your Papa John's account uh, to be compromised. No, Papa and, John's, come on. <laughs> sorry, no, nothing against Papa John's. I love Papa John's. But the, the last thing that you would want is for any of your personal accounts to be compromised and then somebody to gain access to your work account. And I mean, that can be for, that can be for anybody because if you are in a role that is critical, whether it's on a security level, financial level, et cetera, uh, that, that, can, that can lead to some 
pretty pretty bad stuff. Even if you don't believe that that your role is overly significant, somebody can uh, still use your credentials, get in, and then utilize things like social engineering, posing to be you in order to gain access to systems or gain the trust of individuals inside who might otherwise believe it's you who they're speaking to. Yeah, that and that brings up a good point because if you know. Let's say, God forbid, somebody got your information for one of your bank accounts or vice versa. They got your login information to your laptop and then they start digging into your personal life. Then they can figure out your bank. They can figure out your Facebook, you know, your social media account, et cetera. And so now you're basically wide open, you know, for the taking. And then as we know, there's a dark web out there where a lot of stuff gets posted, you know, social securities, data births, et cetera, of, of individuals. So it's always good to actually have that security where you have different passwords. And as I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about later, just make sure when you're doing those passwords, you don't follow them up with a sequence of numbers all the time. So if your password expires every 60 days and, and it ends in one, then don't do the same thing with two and then et cetera, et cetera. But we'll get to that in a little bit before we get to that. So I want to talk to you about something that you mentioned to me in our pre-sessions for this podcast. And by the way, shout out to Papa John's is today is Pi Day. We're recording this on Pi Day. So get your oh, pies yeah. <laughs> anywhere, uh, wherever you get your favorite pizza. <laughs> so What's this about password phrases? Because we've heard, you know, passwords is, has been the thing for probably the last 22, 23 years since the internet became a, such a huge sensation. But nowadays, I heard you say earlier last week about password phrases. So could you elaborate a little bit more on that? What does that entail? And how is that replacing passwords? Sure. So typically when somebody is tasked to coming up with a password, uh, they will, I mean, that, that's, exact, that's exactly it. it it's, it's right there in the name, is they try to come up with a word that, or whether that's a short word or a long word, that then they add some complexity to. So, uh, for example, somebody might come up with the uh, password of turtle. They might change the, the L in the turtle to be a one or the E to being a three. And while some might think that that is a, a good password, it is still relatively easy to guess. And ultimately, it is, it's a fairly short password. Mm -hmm. um, yes, your, your friend down the street might not be able to guess that that's your password. But a lot of people who utilize technology in order to crack passwords, that's a relatively simple and easy th thing for them to crack. So a, a passphrase are typically longer. They're typically more complex and you have the added benefit of it uh, potentially being easier to remember at the same time. So you get all of those benefits and it's a bit easier to, to remember if it's a phrase that you might use or that helps remember if it's associated with something. So actually NIST and other security resources have been leaning towards uh, password length being greater than or a bigger, better factor than password complexity. Both should be utilized, but research is showing that the length more greatly affects how easily a password can be cracked. And so kind of like what I mentioned before, when you're discussing a password, no matter how complex that is, a passphrase, even if it's more simple, but of course you should still apply that same complexity, would be much harder to crack. And uh, I actually have a, an example of that, if, if you would like. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
So there's actually a website called security.org and they have a page called how secure is my password? And it has some type of algorithm that will kick back how much time it would take a computer with today's technology to crack said password. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's let's use the, the example that we just used earlier. So if I were to say that my password is turtle with a capital T, U-R-T-L-E, lowercase, today's technology says that it would take only 400 milliseconds <laughs> to crack said password. <laughs> now let's say you want to get really creative and toss in one, two, three at the end. Well, it might take the roughly three days, right? And so that's and that's in password length. So let's let's back up a little bit. So let's say that I wanted to make just turtle more complex, and I did T U R, and then replace the L with a one, and then L three, like I mentioned earlier. So that is a more complex password than what I just said. Turtle one two three, but turtle one two three, it said roughly three days to crack. Turtle even with a higher complexity takes approximately one second to crack. Wow. Well, and that makes sense because now you're switching the L to a one, which is a comparable, right? You can switch that letter to that number and then the three, the E through the three, that makes sense. Right. Now, so let, let's use a, a past phrase, for example, and we're going to, um, we're not even going to add much complexity, but just to show you some of the difference, we are going to change it to I capital and then lowercase really capital L, love, capital T, turtles. So that is a press phrase. I did not include any numbers. I did not include any special characters. I used a few upper and lower case, mm-hmm. and it is a very simple phrase. I really love turtles. According to their algorithm, that would take approximately 300 trillion years to crack with wow. the current technology based off of the length. Yeah, because you only did a couple of higher case uh, letters uh, and then just switch. I really love turtles. That's a, a capital I, right? What, was, what were the other capital letters? <laughs> My L's, I think there was an L there in love. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so exactly. basically the complexity is kind of there, but the longevity of the phrase, just how long it is, that's what basically I'm sure determines how long it would take to crack it. Now, I'm sure that if you add you know, symbols like a, like a hashtag or, or an ad or something that would make it even more uh, complex. And then the fact that it's that long, it just makes it super harder to crack. Exactly. In fact, we can try that right now. If you add just a nine, a one, and then an exclamation mark, and let's say a hashtag, someone much smarter than me created this algorithm. But according to this algorithm, it's saying that it would take 19 septillion years to crack that there you go kids septillion we're up to septillion (laughs) i didn't even know i didn't even know that was a that was a a thing so (laughs) so let's jump in on something that we also uh, talked about in our pre-meeting for this and that's password hygiene you know, we, I've, we've heard that phrase before. For those of you who have not heard it, you should Google it. It's, it's a fascinating way you can find out there. But that sort of ties into a good password rotation. So is it good to rotate your password? Password rotation is actually a little bit of a catch-22. Mm-hmm. So it is good in general to rotate your passwords. Um, but that's only if you are keeping up with complexity and length requirements while not sacrificing quality. 
Once again, NIST has actually provided guidance saying that it is better to have one long, complex, secure pass phrase rather than constantly changing a mediocre, simple to change type of password. And so let me let me break that let me break that down a little bit because I know that it has been common practice to to rotate passwords. And, and it's not that it's a bad practice, but here's kind of what happens. So let's say that I make a password and this is a terrible password in itself, but I'm just going to use it because it's easy for, for the example. So let's say that my password is my password is password one two, right? If I have to rotate, since oftentimes when you're rotating passwords, your system has requirements that you can't be the exact same password and it stores those passwords. Oftentimes people will make a simple change so that over time they don't start getting confused. So they might change their password from being password uh, one, two to password one, two, three, or they might change it to being, as you mentioned earlier, uh, if this is the sixth month of the year, I'm going to make it password six. Or, or, or something along those lines. And so it's actually the overall um, method that people are using to change them that maybe they might get a little bit lazier on because if you have a number of different systems that you keep on having to do this. So let's say, for example, picture this. At work, you have your email system or just whatever you use to log into your accounts and you have one password there that you have to change every 30 days. Then let's say that you have your uh, social media at home. Let's say you have different three different social media sites and you have to change those. And then let's say that you're working with a vendor and you also have to change that. That is five different passwords that you have to keep track of and then that you would also have to change and them not be the exact same. So I think what some people might typically do is they might be like, okay, well, maybe I'll just use my passwords from home at work. And then we're kind of breaking that rule that we just established earlier of how you shouldn't do that either. And then if they don't want to do that in order to maybe make it a little bit more simple for themselves, uh, they might then make their passwords easier or they might start writing them down and, and putting them in, in places that are easily accessible. <laughs> yeah. And then you can kind of see how that can cause problems. Yeah, that's no good. Don't write your passwords anywhere. Never. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't write them on your phone. Don't write them on a sticky note on your desk. Don't do that, please. Yeah. So Rotate, what an interesting topic, ro rotating passwords. That's, I mean, and like we were, like I was mentioning earlier about the fact that we change passwords, you know, 60, 90 days on most places, you know, on your work, that's that's a security feature that more employers are adopting or have adopted through the years. So the key thing about that is to make sure that when you do that, you don't like to use your example, Password one, two, you don't go, okay, it's my 90th day. I have to switch my password. Okay, here we go. Password one, three. Don't do that either. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so another thing that we talked about that I think if, if you, for those of you who are listening, if you don't know what they are, you should definitely look into those password vaults. That's something that has been a popular thing that has been uh, taking shape a little bit over the last five to seven years. So what can you tell us about password vaults? Password vaults are a very good, they're, they're a very good tools. So you may have also heard them as password managers. It's a tool, but that tool provides a means of having uh, multiple passwords and not having to necessarily remember those passwords. It, it stores them for you and it can be utilized. And those passwords can be utilized and linked to their specific accounts when needed. So it allows for for an individual to create those lengthy complex pass phrases 
and not necessarily have to remember all of them off the top of their head since they have to have a different one for work and for home, et cetera. And those things are interesting because some of the current web browsers out there actually offer some sort of password remembering tracking for you that that might be too tempting to use, mm -hmm. right? So when you're constantly visiting your bank online, when you're constantly, you know, going into Facebook and going into any social media site, your web browser has built-in password remembrance, but that doesn't really, that's not a password vault. It's right. just a place to store your passwords. And anybody that would have access to your computer or would even hack into your, I don't know, one of the main ones, Chrome, and, you're, and you've got your Google account connected to that, if they were able to get into your Google account, then they're going to be able to get to that. Right. So it's very interesting because password vaults do provide that extra layer of security without having to actually be built in to your computer. They're, they're part of their own, basically their own infrastructure that protects your password beyond what you get from some of your browsers right now that they, whenever you log into a site, the first thing that pops in is that, do you want us to remember this password? Yes or no. To wrap this up real quickly, what can people do to make their passwords more secure? Is there anything more beyond just passwords? Yes. So I'm sure, I'm sure many people have, have heard of the term multi-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. And so uh, how multi-factor authentication works is you have something that you know, which could be your password, and then potentially something that you are or that you possess. And so uh, utilizing multi-factor authentication is just another step of security that somebody can use in order to make their accounts more secure. Um, for example, uh, if you try logging into maybe a, a home account, a home email account, um, I guess we can use Google. If you try logging into your Google account, uh, Google actually has a function that will ask if you'd like to receive a text message after you try to log in. And it also remembers and recognizes devices. So going back to that principle of something you have or something you are or something you know is you know your password, uh, something you are, it recognizes your machine, and then potentially something else you have that can be a authentication code or uh, a token that is, that is sent to you via text message, phone call, another email, etc. It really depends on the type of service that you're using that you would also have to enter in in order to access your accounts. And why that's a good thing is let's say that your information is somehow compromised and somebody in another state or another town, whatever, tries to access your information. They know your credentials, they know your email, they know your password, and they put that in. If set up appropriately, uh, rather than them just being able to get in, that will go to directly to your phone and it'll say, hey, you're trying to log in here. Here's an authentication number. And that should alert you. And you could be able to say, well, wait, I was never trying to access my account. Is somebody trying to access my account? And if they've gotten this far, then potentially they know my credentials. Mm -hmm. And so then that can alert you to go in and change your credentials so that you can change your password, et cetera. Yeah, MFA is really important. And it's been out there for a little while. I mean, I know that a lot of places, like you mentioned, Google, um, a lot of banks have adopted it so that when you're trying to log in through either a website or even through the app on your phone, I know that my bank beyond MFA, it, it, it also works with Face ID with my phone. So every time I try to log in, 
if I don't show my face or I don't have my phone passcode, like, you know, with, with people now wearing masks, if you don't have that phone passcode, then you're not getting into the bank on my phone. So it's another interesting tool, another interesting thing that we have to protect us to basically protect our information, protect our passwords. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's totally right. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Alexander Johnson for joining us this week to talk about the importance of passwords. Alexander, it's been great to have you with us and uh, we look forward to hearing you again here on Ask Anything. Great. Yeah, it was great to be here and uh, look forward to hopefully being back in the future. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Once again, we'd like to thank Alexander Johnson for joining us this week to talk about the importance of passwords. Ask you Anything will be back next week with another episode continuing to dive deeper with our resident experts and what they're currently working on. If you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to explore, please reach out to us through our social media channels. In the meantime, please remember to give us a rating and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, hope you have good password hygiene. So long, everybody.